The Rams nearly blew a 23-point lead but escaped with an overtime win over the Colts. How that changes the entire season. We got big takeaways from the Rams' Week 4 win over the Colts. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your two and two Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Just past 9K subs. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. Let us know what is your reaction to the Rams win in overtime against the Colts. My name is Doug McCain. My friends call me DMAC. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I'm covering LA sports for over a decade. The Lakers for SI, the Dodgers for Dodgers Station. Now the Rams for Locked On. As always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering the team. He's known as the People's Champ. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. Today's episode of Locked On Rams is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's locked in. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode, we've got winners and losers. we got what we did not like about the Rams winning overtime. But first, just the reaction because the Rams did not blow that lead. Travis, I almost I was on the brink of flipping my house upside down because <laughs> they nearly blew a 23 to nothing lead. Colts come back in the fourth quarter, force overtime, but all is well. Survive in advance. The Rams get the dub. Puka Nakua, Matthew Stafford. We're gonna talk about the offensive line, the defense, but yeah, what a game. They saved their season. Simply put, they saved their season. If they lose that game yesterday, that is not only their third loss in a row and not only puts them in a really difficult spot going into Philadelphia, but it's such a devastating tank job. A tw- like you mentioned, DMAC, the 23-point lead that you let slip through your fingers, they saved their season because as exciting as it was, as much fun as it was to see Puka get in at the end, it would have been that much on the other side, on the bad side, had that thing slipped through their fingers. It was, it, it was a unbelievable turn of events that it started the way that it did, that it nearly ended the way that it did. And that the Rams are coming home two and two. It is a huge, huge weekend. They saved their season with that win in Indy. Yeah, absolutely. I think we could be having a conversation right now about the direction of this team. I mean, we'd be talking about draft picks and who they could be yep. after and what their record could be. All that is not on the table now because you're now you're looking at your two and two with Cooper Cup coming back. Okay. Yep. I think anyone before the season started, so many people out there thought they were going to go 0-4, right? They go two and two. You beat the Colts. You win two road games. I think we really want to start with Matthew Stafford. I think what we learned yesterday is that Matthew Stafford still is the ultimate competitor. He's clutch. This is someone who was out there hobbling with the hip injury. He still stayed on the field. We saw Brett Rippon warming up on the sideline. And for me, 
it was the guts. It was the hearts that he showed during that drive, the 22-yard touchdown pass to Puka Nakua. Finished 27 for 40 with 319 yards, a TD, and a pick. Did have that bad interception there in the third quarter that really sparked the comeback for the Colts. But what else can you say about Matty Stafford? This is someone who's got that clutch gene. He knows how to come back in games. He did it once again. It was his fifth game-winning drive as a member of the Rams. It was his 42nd game-winning drive as an NFL quarterback. And this is why the ideas of trading him away were so far-fetched because there are only so many guys that can do what he did yesterday. There are only so many guys that can stop the bleeding of giving away a 23-point lead and then go into overtime and make some of the throws that he did. He did have a bad interception yesterday, but he also had a handful of just unbelievable dimes that there aren't six, seven guys in the whole league that would try, much less be able to pull off what he did. And then you put on top of it what you were just talking about, his toughness, his willingness to play hurt, his willingness to go out there and do whatever it takes to win a game. And if you don't think that that trickles down to the rest of his teammates, in particular the younger players, the younger players that we were were hearing about that he was having trouble connecting, well, the the quickest way to connect with your teammates is to go out there and ball, is to go out there and be the toughest you-know-what on the field, go out there and show guys how to win games in a league where it's very easy to lose and very hard to win. And he went out there and he connected with everybody. It was a huge performance for him, a huge performance for uh, Puka Nakua. And just a, you know, as stupid as it sounds, D-Mac, to be saying this in week four, I really do think it was the difference between them staying in the playoff hunt for at least another month or so, maybe even getting into the playoffs, and that entire thing coming unraveled yesterday afternoon. Because I think if they lost that game, it would have. Absolutely, 100%. I think it cannot be overemphasized enough. This could have gone down. It's one of the worst weeks ever for Rams football when you consider Monday night, they lose a winnable game. Yep. And then on Sunday, they almost choked away a 23 to nothing lead. I love that you brought up the comebacks for Matthew Stafford's 43rd comeback win, tying Brett Favre for seventh of all time. I think that... Really, it sends a message out there. He deserves to be in the conversation for these iconic quarterbacks for the history of the NFL. For some reason, it doesn't feel like he's in that class as far as being considered among those iconic names. But hey, the proof is in the pudding. This is someone who, if you're trailing in a game, you know he's going to give you a chance. And that's because of his pure arm talent. I thought you had some drops to, to Atwell and Higby there on the one that he almost caught there towards the end. But still, he ends up making plays in. It's all thanks to Puka Nakua because we got to talk about Puka Nakua next. And yeah. this is someone who just absolutely has been the diamond in the rough pick. <laughs> He's someone they absolutely struck gold on. To me, I don't think it's a question of is this guy one of the best rookie receivers? It's, is he one of the best receivers in the league? Because the numbers back it up. Talk about someone over 500 yards receiving, 501 yards through four games. Okay, it's the 19th highest mark in history. All right. So you're talking about someone who's been productive and for you, it's the toughness, man. I mean, you saw the first drive, the catch he had to really set the tone, just taking blows and then the 22 yard touchdown to end it. This is someone who's been remarkable for the Rams so far. It is really hard to describe just how impactful he's been because, you know, just for a minute, try to take away the 39 catches that he's had. Like you mentioned, the 500-plus yards that he's been able to put on the board. He finally got in the end zone for the first time yesterday. This is the best offensive player on this team, not named Matthew Stafford through the first four weeks of the season. He's been the most consistent performer. Imagine if he were just your typical fifth-round pick. Imagine if he were just a guy that was trying to find his way in the NFL at this point. Without Cooper Cup, the Rams are 0-4. 
or, or with, you know, with, with no Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua playing at the normal level you would expect of a fifth round pick, the Rams are 0 and 4. He has been a huge part of why they won the two games that they have. I can't wait to see what it looks like when Cup comes back and the two of them are out there together because they both do so many different things. They can, are both so incredibly versatile. I'm incredibly bullish on him. He seems to love playing football. He's tough, like you mentioned. He took one shot that got flagged for a unnecessary roughness penalty. There was another one that I thought that could have gotten thrown as well. He is doing everything that's asked of him. He's doing it with enthusiasm. And like we were talking about with Matthew Stafford, that stuff's infectious. When you have guys that are playing at that level, when you have guys that are playing that hard and with that much joy, it permeates the entire football team. And without that guy, without number 17 through the first four weeks, I don't even want to know what this might look like. Yeah, and I love you bring that up when he delivered the blow. He got hit. His helmet basically started to pop off there, and he's someone who, look, he's just big. He's just tough. He he's physical. And just you look at the production and the consistencies, too. I mean, he caught 9 of 10 targets going his way for 163 yards. He, met, he gets in the end zone for the first time this year. Biggest Rams touchdown of the year. There's no question about oh, yeah. that. But what he's doing is absolutely insane. You're talking about someone who's on pace for over 2,100 receiving yards and 165-plus receptions. You're talking about someone who's the seventh player in history to have at least 39 catches through this team's first four games of the season. Also, he's someone fifth round, not even their first pick in the fifth round. They're second, their third, their fourth pick in the fifth round. I mean, this year's making $811,245, and that's a lot of chunk of change for real human beings. But for receivers, <laughs> there's over 100 receivers making more than him. And see, it's really the steal of the draft. And look, I'm not going to sit here to gloat or say that on May 1st that I said he was going to be one of the steals of the draft. I'm not going to be that guy. No one likes that. I like the, the told you so guy, but I still was not expecting anything like this. I'm surprised you didn't show up with the puka shells around your neck today. You've been saying it since training camp. I thought for sure that they were going to be broken out uh, after he got his first touchdown. No, he, he is. He has been so good. He is. Look, Matthew Stafford has been part of the two greatest receiving seasons in history. Calvin Johnson, the all-time leader in single season. Number two, Cooper Gupp. He was there for both of those. Right now, and I get it, it's four weeks, and I'm not calling my shot, but right now, you look at Puka Nakula, he's on pace to beat both of those guys, and I think as good as Puka has been, Matthew Stafford has put himself in a position, or I should say Matthew Stafford has been in a position to be with all three of those guys. That's not a coincidence. He's that good of a quarterback. You keep him healthy. You keep him upright. The offensive line, I thought, was a lot better. I know we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit, but... Uh, it was a weird game for the Rams because that felt like a runaway and then it felt like a disaster. And then it was just complete jubilation when they found a way to win it in overtime. Absolutely. The Puka shells are coming. I will say Puka Nakua, he's a shoe in right now to win the offensive rookie of the year. He's probably going to make a pro bowl all pro team. It's just unbelievable. The production they've got from this rookie receiver at a BYU, but coming up in our next segment, we're going to talk about how the Rams lost this lead, what we did not like and more from the Rams overtime thrilling win against the Colts. That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. All right. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Here's what you do. You 
Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Think about the times you've brought in exactly the right person and how quickly and seamlessly they integrate into your team and your business takes that next step forward. Think about the time you didn't get that done, right? That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and find them faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available, wherever you hear podcasts, Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to send a shout out to our everyday listeners, too. We appreciate you guys watching us every day, listening to us every day. And you can be an everyday listener, too. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Now, Travis, here in our second segment, we're going to continue with these takeaways. And the next one I want to get into is... The running game. I was really impressed yep. with Kyron Williams. I think one of my big takeaways is Kyron Williams, he might not be a superstar. He might not be a pro bowler, but he is a true RB1 in this league. Yeah, and he's got a nose for the end zone, which I think is incredibly important. We saw him get a couple of more touchdowns yesterday, and you know, it was a point where he had five touchdowns. Cam Akers had the other one. Tutu Atwell had one. We saw Puka get on the board there a little bit later on as well, but He's been incredibly important to what they've done. And like you mentioned, DMAC, yesterday we got to see what happens when Sean McVay, the offensive line, and Kyron Williams are all committed to the running game. He had a 100-yard day. He had multiple carries. He was a guy that even when it wasn't ripping off 5, 10, 12 yards a carry, was a threat, was somebody that you had to deal with. And my favorite part about Kyron Williams Puts his face in there. It's one cut and let's go. There's not a lot of lateral stuff in there. He's not trying to make guys miss in the backfield. He's not trying to run around the corner when it's not there. He has one cut, he's patient, and he goes. And I think in the NFL, that's what you're looking for. Somebody that makes a decision, goes for it, willing to pick up those tough yards. He was, give the offensive line a lot of credit. We saw Joe Nopum out of left tackle. We saw Kevin Dotson come in at right guard. They did a very good job for him up front. And when the Rams are a balanced team, we've talked about it before, when they have a run-pass team that's not just throwing it 50, 60 times a game, they're tough, and Kyron Williams is a big part of that. 100%. I think for me, Kyron Williams just continues to grow. He looks like he knows he's that guy. I mean, 25 yeah. carries, 103 yards, two TDs, his first 100-yard game. Like you said, he has a nose for the end zone. Chris Carter, all he did was catch touchdowns. Kyron Williams, all he does is rush for touchdowns, right. right? I mean, this is someone towards the goal line you can really trust. I also think, too, Travis, want to go back a little bit to Monday night. And like I said, I'm not a big moral victories guy, but I think I'm a little bit of a moral loss guy, okay? <laughs> I think that that was a real come to Jesus moment for Sean McVay and this offense. I don't know if Mike LaFleur said, yo, I'm calling this game or what it was, but you saw how well they did in the first half, getting that lead, but also establishing the run, sticking to the run, and also going to Ronnie Rivers. I think that was yeah. a massive development in this one because the last two games without Cam Akers, he got 95% of the run plays, and then he got 100% of the run plays. In this one, Ronnie Rivers, nine carries for 47 yards. I thought... He did a nice job, like you said, with uh, with Kyron Williams, just kind of going through those tackles, finding a nice little burst, getting some gainers, and I was impressed with his performance. And the offensive line, too, another big takeaway, Travis, 
is that with all this shuffling and all the concern about this offensive line, I thought for the most part, they look really good out there. I thought Joe Nopum, he was solid at left tackle. I thought Kevin Dotson was a force at right guard. Yeah. And I really had no complaints about this O-line in this one. No, the O-line did well. I want to, I'll mention that and say, I want to go back to something you said about Sean McVay really quickly, because I hope you're right, but I'm skeptical, D-Mac, that, that the light bulb goes off because Sean McVay, I've, I've been covering this team for a long time. This is my eighth year watching every second of Rams football since they come back from Los Angeles. And Sean McVay is a terrific coach. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. But he his his predisposition, his nat, his default setting, his his factory issued instructions are throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And occasionally he will go back to what he needs to do and running it. And we saw it yesterday. But then it seems like it's inevitable that you know, fast forward to next week, two weeks, five weeks from now, it's why aren't we running the ball? Let's see how committed they are to it. It certainly paid huge dividends against the Colts, but uh, I, I, I'm pleased with what I saw. I just hope that it continues. As far as the offensive line goes, I think that one of the few, one of the very, very few bright spots that we got out of last season is that you got to see a whole bunch of offensive linemen play in a whole bunch of different places and develop some depth. And now you do have a little bit of depth along that offensive line. You got Joe Nopum that was at least good enough for a week to slide out to left tackle. That A.J. Jackson hopefully is back next week. He was found money last year. Tremaine Ancrum didn't go in at right guard, but he can go in at right guard. You picked up Kevin Dotson from the Steelers. That you They realized the value of having depth with those five guys up front, and it paid off big time yesterday. It did. And Stafford, of course, he got sacked a few times, got hit some other times as well. But I think that the production, the running game, I really like. By the way, I want to get a little super cut of Steve Avila's when he gets pumped after every great running play. Yeah. He seems just like jumping in the air, doing that thing. So I thought that was really cool. Now, also, I want to talk about Sean McVay and the play calling, especially late in that first half and in the second half. Because you heard people just pounding their fists, screaming that Sean McVay was too conservative. Now, before the half, ran three straight times She's not being aggressive. It was at 145 left in the clock. Started the drive from his own 37. And then Brett Maher, he missed a 46-yard field goal. By the way, Brett Maher, he owes Puka Nakua a steak dinner. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> he called a run on third and four from the Colts' 34-yard line, which gained just two yards. And I'm setting for another field goal. And Brett Maher missed. So the drive came up empty. couple thoughts on that are that, one, if Brett Maher just makes one of those, they're probably still going to be cruising to a victory. And it's on the road. It's the NFL. You kind of got a banged up Stafford. It's pretty understandable. But look, like you mentioned earlier in the show, in the NFL, easy to lose, hard to win. So it's tough to knock the play calling when you still want a road game despite a banged up Stafford and a young Rams team. Yeah, look, I, I think that this there, there's this perception of Sean McVay because his teams score a lot of points, or at least they have in his tenure as the coach of the Rams, that he's this incredibly aggressive, go for it, let's just see what happens kind of guy. He's not. He's actually a pretty conservative coach when it comes to the, the decision to push or not push, the decision to go or not go, the decision to work clock at the end of quarters and, 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 and at halves. Um, he, he's a pretty conservative guy. He said it after the game last night that they were being conservative at the end there because they wanted to make sure that they didn't leave the Colts a situation where they could get a short field trying to tack on that last field goal. Um, I, I think if Brett Maher makes that field goal, we're having a very different conversation. We're not talking about the conservative nature of Sean McVay in those situations. Uh, I don't know who else is available on the market to go kick, but I would imagine that they're not going to show Maher the door today or this week. 
But I would imagine somewhere that Les Snead, Kevin Demoff, Sean McVay are probably looking and saying, hey, look, if we need to make a change, where's our next move? Because this is the NFL. You can't miss field goals under 50 yards. And you sure as you know what can't miss two of them in a game that had one of them gone through, you win despite a bad second half. And like you said, Puka and Matt Stafford bailed him out. Two missed less than 50-yard field goals. That's not good for your future in this league. Indoor stadium, yeah, you better get that LinkedIn yeah. updated, Brad Maher, or make some more kicks in the next one because it could be done, donezo for you in yeah. L.A. But, yeah, I just thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, you're going to go run on third and four. Most likely, you're probably going to go for it on fourth down that situation. In most yep. cases, you like to kick that field goal. But, yeah, look, at the end of the day, they end up escaping with the victory. All is well. You got the momentum of Cooper Cup returning. And I think this Rams team, this changed the entire trajectory of the season. And also like the fact that we actually saw a football game. I think that was pretty cool. I mean, last night, of course, the Taylor Swift concert with the football game in between was pretty solid. So we didn't have to see constant shots of Taylor Swift in this one. So I thought that was definitely a plus as well. Look, I, I, I am not a Swifty, nor am I a Taylor Swift hater, but I'm so done with that. I can't even tell you. I, I, I am just so over. Okay. I get it. She's very famous. She she's very popular. Okay. Let's, let's, let's move on. I just, I, in my most Inside of every cell inside of my body, I don't care. <laughs> hey, 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 how about this, Travis? You know what I want back, Travis? I want my Andy Reid shots. In between yes. plays. Where's my Andy Reid shots? That's what I look forward to when I'm watching Chiefs games. So, yeah, hey, look, and I say so we get Zach the albums Wilson. out a little bit. I mean, I can't the album, helmets and heartbreaks, like red zone regret, tight end of the line, whatever, but still – I'm, I'm over it as well. Can we please watch some football oh. in the NFL? But we've got some more takeaways, winners and losers coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right, let's talk about FanDuel before we do that. D-Max, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200. That's right, $200 in bonus bets. That's guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. And the app is incredibly easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. The Rams did cover. Player props. Hopefully you always take the over with Puka. Over, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Let me give it to you again. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and make sure that you get going today. Don't forget that promo code locked on. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever your podcast, Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And also, one more reminder if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button. And let us know down below what is your reaction to the Rams' overtime win over the Colts. But here, Travis, here in our final segment, we're going to continue to unpack this one because I think kind of just going back to the top of the show, how this changed the entire trajectory of the season. I don't think you can really make that clear enough. What was at stake in this one? The, the Rams were staring one and three down the barrel with the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town, it could have gotten ugly really fast. Instead, they escape with a win. You have some momentum. You have Cooper Cup coming back. And I think there's this season has new life. 
It does. I mean, like like we talked about right off the top, Doug Mac. If they lose that game, you're one and three with the Eagles coming to town, and who knows what happens there. And one and four is a real possibility, and you don't come out of a one and four hole in the NFL very often. I think it was it was the best possible result considering what had happened. This is other than Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, and maybe one or two other guys. This is a very young team. There are not a lot of guys from that Super Bowl group from a year ago. They still need to learn how to win. Like we've said a couple of times on the show today, closing out games in the NFL is very, very difficult. They couldn't do it yesterday. It basically took Matthew Stafford as the guy to come in and say, all right, well, I'll take care of this and make sure that I put us in a position to win the game. They didn't. They learned a hard lesson blowing a big lead without actually having to lose the game. I think that's very important. I think this is one of those classic teaching moments where you can point out all of the things that went wrong without having to pay the price of putting a tally in the loss column. They, you know, it, at the end of the day, you either win or lose and they won, but there was a lot of things in there that give you a little bit of uh, unease heading into the second part of the season. Yeah, and we knew heading into this game that when the Rams were going to win games, it was going to be close. I picked the Rams to win this game 26-20. to 20. They ended up winning by six points, but they ended up getting that touchdown late. So I don't think there's anyone that's going to throw out Rams score predictions and say, okay, here comes a double-digit win or anything like that. So, yeah, get ready, okay? You're going to have three heart attacks every single Rams win or loss, really, for the rest of the season just because of the way this team's built. But I do think that what we learned from this team this week is they're a resilient bunch. They're a team that is competitive until the final whistle. I mean, give the defense credit there on the Monday night football loss. The Bengals give the defense credit here for the most part. The offense coming back. I think I want to point out some things I did not like from this win, which there were more to really point out, but since it's a victory Monday, we won't go too deep in it. But I will say, first one is Travis, too many big plays allowed by that defense. You had four different Colts players that had receptions of at least 22 yards, three of those for passes over 30-plus yards of the 35-yarder to Mo Alley-Cox with Michael Hoyt in coverage against the tight end. I mean, I can't say that enough, man, at 310 interior lineman that's defending tight ends just does not make sense to me. You have the 20-yard run, a 20-yard and a 23-yard runs from Zach Moss and Anthony Richardson. So that's a trend I want to see reverse is starting to limit these big plays, especially when you have a lead, when you're trying to keep the defense off the field. These big plays, these big gasher plays are starting to rear their ugly heads against this Rams defense. They, they are, but I think, D-Mac, if we're looking at it in a, in a little bit more of a positive light, this is what's going to happen when you have a young defense, and the Rams do, right? This is, you're going to give up some big plays. You're, and again, the, the NFL, the, the other guys get paid too. They're going to be able to put together some things. I think you mentioned something that's pretty important. Anthony Richardson is not a great quarterback in this league yet, but he does some pretty cool, you know what? Like that that is that is a pretty scary guy. He's a big, strong, fast guy. A couple of balls that he just flicks his wrist. That ball's 40 yards down the field. And against a young, inexperienced, you know, team like the Rams on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to have a little success. And trying to prevent never really works. I, I've never liked that. The Rams got into a little bit of that soft coverage to give in some of those big plays to try to keep guys in front of them, to try to burn a little clock off that or a little time off that clock. But again, they escaped with a win. So hopefully these hard lessons that come along with that, those big chunk plays that you're talking about, become fewer and further between as we move further into the schedule. Because, you know, Anthony Richardson, I, I don't know when, but if that guy stays healthy, He's going to be a problem for this league. That that is a that is a Cam Newton type guy, big, strong, fast, and once he figures out the NFL game, I, I hope we don't have to see him for a very long time. 
He's got a cannon, man. I'm telling yeah. you, he's going to be a top eight quarterback in this league. I think he's going to be no doubt about it, better than Bryce Young. CJ Stroud might have a better career, but yeah, I think they absolutely hit on him. He's a beef, and it's really a tale of two halves with Richardson. First half, they contained him. They limited the damage. In the second half, you knew that a run was coming, right? You knew that yeah. they were going to make some adjustments. That's a really good Colts team with a good defense. I mean, came in this game two and one. I respect for that Colts. You got to tip your cap. It's on the road. They're not trying to lose to the Rams. So yeah, give the Rams a ton of credit. And what do you say? I was just going to, one thing just popped into my head that I was thinking of too. You know, the other thing that we haven't really mentioned, the Bengals got smashed by a bad Tennessee team. So the Bengals might not be very good. The The Bengals may be in a position where this is their year, kind of like the Rams had last year, where you've got the right pieces, but it's just not coming together and you have a bad year. That Had the Bengals gotten beat the way they did yesterday and the Rams lose that game, now you're talking one and three and a bad team beat you along the way. It's just this is the NFL, right? You never know what's coming next. You never know which version of which team you're going to get and that they escaped with that and that they're on 500 going into week five against Philly, it's a it's a big deal because not only would the Rams have had a huge loss, but that the, the loss they had in the very same week on Monday night would have felt even worse. Absolutely, and I think that you're seeing with this Bengals team what we saw a little bit in this game for the Rams that after your quarterback gets hurt, you start to see a limited playbook. You didn't see as many drop back passes where Stafford's trying to drive the ball downfield. That was apparent early on. So really having a healthy quarterback is really paramount to the success of anyone in this league. Yep. But the reality is, though, Rams sitting at 2-2. Two and two. I like 2-2. Two and two. I feel good about it. You got Puka Nakua. He's the... To, to the blind, he's the light. To the hungry, he's the bread. To the sick, he's the cure. He's someone who is absolutely changing this entire season early on as he did. I can't say enough about Pukunuku. I love the fact that he said he called his mom after the game and they screamed for 10 minutes. I just love this guy's infectious energy. I think that he's going to be a fan favorite for years to come. And yeah, this is just a, a win that could have been one of the worst Mondays we've ever had on this oh show. But it ends up turning out to be kind of one of the better ones for sure. When I interviewed him during training camp uh, on on ESPN, he never stops smiling, D-Mac. He, he comes – this is after practice. He's covered in grass stains and sweat and everything else and gone through a hard practice. And he comes over and he's got an ear-to-ear smile for the 10 minutes that we talked. And he's just that guy. He just loves to play football. He loves to compete. And Sean McVay eats guys like that for lunch, man. He loves enthusiastic football players. He loves the Cooper Cups and the Matthew Staffords and the Donalds and the Puka Nakua's. He loves dudes like that. And they got one in number 17. It's, It's an unbelievable benefit that they found such a dynamic player where they did. Yeah, I love when he was running off the field. He's like, shout out to number nine, the GOAT. Shout out to number nine, nine, the other freaking GOAT. Yeah, his energy just off the charts. Almost like he doesn't realize just how good he is. Doesn't realize that his 501 yards through four games is setting a record for all receivers passing Anquan Bolden. Also want to point out that with Puka Nakua, it, we had Fernando Mania. This is Puka Mania. I don't know if it's Puka Pandemonium. <laughs> I got to find a name for it, but this is Puka Mania. I mean, we're talking about a rookie that's never done this. More receiving yards for any rookie in the history of the NFL through four games. Puka Mania is here, but we're going to do more winners and losers, more big takeaways in tomorrow's show, but that's going to do it here on Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. As always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers on X at Travis Rogers. Until next time, whose house is Locked on Rams house?